This is Abnormal Entertainment. Garza, and this is the noon episode of Put It Together Conversations podcast. Welcome to the show. I uh, want to thank all of you for joining us every week. Uh, remember, if you are missing any of these shows or you want to go back and track everything down, we are on YouTube now, so you can go back and check out all the episodes we have, plus some other shows that are not part of this series. For those of you that have been following me for the last eight years, know that we've got through some changes, and we finally made it on YouTube. We finally uh, started uploading, but there's a lot of shows that were not part of the visual uh, put-it-together conversations. They're only on uh, uh, audio, but you can go back and check some of those out. I am, as we're speaking, because I am not prepared today, because that's how I roll, uh, I want to send a big hello to my uh, my partner and uh, Mahani uh, Christian, who is not feeling well today. So he was not on earlier. He usually, uh, Daniel Turco is my guest today, and I'm looking for your, your bio as we're speaking. Uh, where, I know you sent it to me. Where is it? Um, but I, I guess we're going to put this out of order today. Um, usually, for those of you that don't know, because there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, uh, Christian, usually, here you are, usually Christian is uh, on the air behind the scenes, when the show starts. Uh, so he is greeting the guests and chit-chatting and making sure that everything looks good, that I look good, let's be honest. It's about me. And uh, uh, But he wasn't today. He's not feeling well. So if you see this episode, babe, uh, I hope you feel better. I left him over in Culver City having his oatmeal. That, that sounded so sad, like he's an old man. <laughs> he's not an old man. Um, Danielle, I can't find your bio. Oh, here it is. There we go. Okay. Danielle Turco, welcome to the show. How are you doing, sweetie? I'm good. How are you? And I wanted to say how Christian's feeling better and on the mend. Yeah, it, you know, it's it's and the funny thing is uh, when like now I, I guess it's the current season when you tell anybody uh, so and so is sick and everybody's like COVID. Well, I asked you that. Is it COVID? Yeah. <laughs> but we, I do it too. I was like, is it? And they're right. like, no, 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 no. It's just a cold. Right. But I think it's because you're from California and I'm from New York and we're the two that have gotten hit the most. So it's like whenever we hear it, it's just like, COVID! 
So let me read you guys uh, Danielle's bio. Danielle is an is uh, an over 20-year lupus warrior that is currently in remission. She suffered for many years wondering what was wrong with her. After many misdiagnoses, lupus was finally confirmed through routine blood work while pregnant with her son. She has spent many years fighting out, figuring out what works for her and what does not. Danielle thrives on helping others on, and advocating for her community. She is a certified life coach and RYT. Registered yoga teacher. Thank you. Uh, 500 yoga instructor. Ooh, that sounds fancy. Danielle lives on in Long Island. I love it because wait till you hear her talk with her husband, Keith, their two children, James and Noel, and teddy bear dog, Augie. That's awesome. So let's get to know her a little more. How are you doing? I am great. Thanks. Yes, my accent is, is very thick. So everyone should know I grew up in Queens and <laughs> it's thick. It's there. You'll you hear it. But it's 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 awesome because I remember my first trips to New York and just wanting to hear it like I, I like ooh give me give me the local give me the local right. say car say coffee say I am trying to buy here we are here we I'm again I ran in like two minutes before we had to log in and I'm like jumping all over the place again okay. all good. Center. Uh, for those of you watching, remember that you can join the conversation. If you are watching this on any of the other pages, make sure that you go into the video, uh, the conversation thread with the black background. Ask questions. Uh, get get into the conversation. We welcome you. First of all, I'm going to welcome uh, Ashley uh, Middleton is watching us. Tony Gala. Hello, my, my compadre. Tony Gala is watching. Uh, Tony, we need to talk. I need, I'll call you up to the show. Um but for those of you that follow the show know that I always like to tell you how I met. Yes. And Danielle and I actually run around in the, in the, in a big advocacy community. So, um, we're both part of WeGo. Uh, we're, voices. we're Healthy Voices. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Ken and Barbie Engel. Ken and Barbie. We both wrote their publication. Hello, Ken and Barbie. Um, she, we, we love Ken and Barbie. Ken and Barbie have both been on the show. Um, who doesn't? By the way, and for people who are listening, yes. Yes. Your names we are Ken a, and Barbie. <laughs> we have a couple whose names are Ken and Barbie. And, and just, yes, they are obnoxious as they sound now. That no, they're, they're not. <laughs> they're two of the most hardworking people I know in the advocacy world. So, uh, a big, a big hello to those guys. Um, well, let's start with you. How, how uh, you're in Long Island. How's it out there? How are you guys handling everything? What's going on? So we have been great here. Our numbers are amazing. We are not, we're not even in the yellow yet. Thank God. Um, and everyone's really been behaving. And then, but the problem is people from other towns and other cities come in here and then we have a little bit of a blow up, but it's really has not been terrible. My daughter has been full time in person. She's a senior in high school And it's been amazing. We've been, thank God, no cases, but they are being proactive to see what's going to hopefully not happen in the next few weeks with Thanksgiving and then after Christmas. And, but it really hasn't been bad. The restaurants close at 10. I mean, listen, if you do your part and behave, hopefully we can really 
get through this together. And I, I know it stinks. It stinks as people who are compromised. We know what it's like to be stuck in the house and to not be able to go places of, you know, and that's difficult, but being told to do it is very different than doing it because you don't feel like you can do it. So there's, there's a difference, but I don't know. I feel like if we all just for this short period of time, it could, it could work. It's, it worked. Look at the summer. I mean, it worked. We did it. And now if we just carry on, it could be great. And then, you know, and I know people are nervous who doesn't want to take the vaccine, who can't wait for the vaccine, who, you know, yeah, I don't want to wear a mask. I want to wear a mask. The mask is itchy. I want to wear it under my nose. <laughs> have you, before we get to dip into your story, uh, have, have you noticed, like, for instance, those of us who have had health issues and have had to isolate or mm-hmm. be in bed for a long time or quarantine just because you're in the hospital or whatever, like, I feel like some of us have just kind of navigated to it. It's like, like, it's... Like, it's part of the job. Like, as an advocate, I feel like it's part of my job to, like, every once in a while to do things that I don't necessarily want to do. Definitely. But I definitely had, like, I can empathize. I had so many moments during the beginning of the quarantine where I was nasty. It got to a point where, like, I was a hor- I was horrible. Like, I was like, I want to go out and I don't care. And one day I actually said to my family, I said, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to go lick a doorknob. And they were like, what? <laughs> Rebel. I was like, I'm done. Just give it to me. I'm finished already. Like, it was such a bad, bad day that I just, I was at my end. So the positive of that is that when I'm dealing with my clients, I can really empathize with them to say, you've been there. We've all had that day or a day where it's smack in the middle of the week. I think it was like May. I came downstairs like who where I thought I was going makeup hair dress you had to see me I mean where I thought I was going and my family was like what are you doing and I said I don't know like I had to get out of the sweatpants I had to get out of the messy bun on top of the head like I just <laughs> needed a day yeah I was so just telling Christian and I went right, to the that's... supermarket of all places I'm like I'm going to the supermarket like <laughs> but I was telling Christian this morning like I in the beginning, the, the with the Zoom meetings and, and going online, mm-hmm. like at first I, I was like, you know what, this is comfortable. I'm going to be in huh? shorts. I'm going to be on the couch. And then, like after a couple of weeks of that, I was like, this doesn't feel like work. And it's no. and it 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 annoyed me that I didn't feel like I was going to work. I, I felt like they were like infringing in my my personal time. And so I made a, a conscious decision of every morning if I had something on my calendar. I got up, took a shower, put pants on. I'm wearing pants right now, people. I'm wearing pants. Uh, I would get <laughs> shower, put pants on, put a nice shirt on, and, and, and pretend that I was headed to a meeting, not just on my on right, my like a normal day. Yeah, yeah. And that's I, people are like, "How do you stay sane?" I'm like, "Because I don't. I didn't stop. I didn't stop working." And I put it in quotes. Mm-hmm. I didn't stop working. So I, in my head, I'm still going to a meeting in LA. I'm still going to a conference where you wouldn't mm-hmm. show up with flip-flops and shorts. Um, I have seen it, but I don't. And uh, yeah. so I think that's what's kept me. So I, uh, Christian today, feeling not feeling well, I'm like, you need to get up, take a shower, get dressed, and, and just function. Just try to function. Because then your head starts going, okay, 
I'm only, because a lot of us are doing that. We're creating sicknesses or ailments yes. because, because we have all this pent up energy that we don't know where to put. Mm-hmm. Does that sound? You have to have a sense of normalcy. You have to have, we have to get back to some sense of normalcy because the new normal, new normal, <laughs> is not normal. <laughs> nothing yeah. normal yeah. about it. So if you don't take things from your everyday, regular, pre-quarantined life, you're going to lose it. I mean, let's be real. The depression level is skyrocketed. Suicide level is skyrocketed. We're at a point where people are depressed and predicting the future in a negative way. And we have to stop doing that. We have to start seeing the light. We have to say, we're going to get through this. We're going to fix this. It's We're all going to be okay. And we have to stop with the doom and gloom because that's that's the worst part. It's It's easy to stay in that spot. It's it's so easy to stay in the gloom. And like, uh, thank you, David Gonzalez, for watching and commenting. David says, uh, "Live with purpose." And yeah, what? Yeah, your purpose in life didn't change. Just the circumstances that we're dealing with change. If you exactly. are going to school, if you are studying, if if you are working on something, keep doing it. Keep doing mm-hmm. it because we're gonna get out of this tunnel, and either you're gonna be at the same like where you were supposed to be anyway. Or you're going to be behind, and then you're going to be like, what did I do all this time? Uh, like me working out. I I started, I worked out for two days, and then I was done. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was good. I was offering some yoga teacher. So I, about a week in, I was like, I had been drinking a lot of wine. Like, <laughs> so I started to offer free lives and Zooms and YouTubes of yoga classes on my pages because Uh, As much as I needed it, I knew my followers needed it. They needed something too. And the numbers continued to grow throughout the days. Like one day, 40 people, the next day, a hundred people, next day, 200 people. And before I knew it, I had a thousand people or more viewing my live with me and doing yoga. And it was nice to see people saying, you know, thanks for giving me a purpose. Thanks for helping me to get out of bed. I look forward to even your five-minute meditation at the end. Like, whatever it was that I was giving to them in that moment, you know. Or if I fell out of a pose, and of course, I would, you know, New Yorker, I cursed, and, you know, a lot of humanity <laughs> came out of my mouth. So, yeah. <laughs> that's human, and that's the beautiful thing, is that we're People human. enjoy that, yeah. <laughs> I, when I do my card Devo stuff, and I, I, I fumble or can't find a word or... Yeah. People love that. It's, we're human. And people, I think for those of us in social media, and we've been talking, we have to get into your story, but for those of us who, are, who do social media, who are advocates, who are um, motivators in, in one way or inspire people, uh, it's not always about, for those of you watching and wanting to do something like this, it's not always about being perfect and yeah. finding the right, the right edit or the right light, which right now I'm looking at my light and I'm like, dude, you look awesome. But... Not it's not about me. It's yeah. not about me. But <laughs> it's it's about those moments that people see you on camera and they go, "He just messed up." Yeah. And he and he and he's not. The world isn't falling apart, and and that's okay. And so you have to be relatable. You have to be relatable and really just true to yourself, your authentic self. People see through it if you're not. They they know. 
they totally know that you are not being your authentic self and nobody wants to see that. So that's why yesterday I posted all about my horrific, horrible day because it was a bad day. Let's get into that. Before we get into uh, David Gonzalez says that New Yorkers are the best expressionists. I, I agree with that. I love you it. You guys well, I'm are Cuban so and Italian, so I think there's a whole lot of expression going on in here. Yes, me. Um... <laughs> So for everybody watching, uh, thank you for joining us. It is Putting Together uh, Conversations podcast. Uh, my guest today is life and health coach, Danielle Turco. And uh, we've been chatting. We haven't even gotten to her story yet. So Danielle, <laughs> tell us uh, how you put it together. So I put it together. I'm very blessed. I have a phenomenal support system from from my childhood. My parents and my brother have all just been wonderful. And I struggled in my high school years after having mono. I was tired and I I really I couldn't function. My bones always hurt. My joints hurt. My parents started to get really worried. And they were taking me from doctor to doctor, autoimmune doctors, infectious disease doctors. I had been all over New York and New York City seeing what was wrong with me. And Finally, they came up with um, chronic fatigue and Epstein-Barr and basically said to me, you're just going to be tired for the rest of your life and you have to deal with that. And I was like, well, okay, like that, that's my life. I'll be tired for the rest of my life. And at least I know I'm not crazy anymore. Fast forward, I met my husband when I was 21 and we get married and life is great and still tired, achy, you know, jointy at the time I was a dental hygienist. And I, the hours were insane. It was on my feet 12 hours a day. And I would come home exhausted. And I wound up getting pregnant a few years later. And during my pregnancy, found out that I had lupus. And it was actually like a miracle diagnosis. Because I really knew at that point that I'm not crazy. I'm completely not crazy. There's a reason for all that's going on in my life. And my husband and I, like two crazies on the computer, he researched, I researched, we did everything together. And it just was phenomenal. Even my parents were like, it's it, we have it. It was like, Eureka, we have an answer. (laughs) She's not nuts. (laughs) So nice. (laughs) So through the years, you know, my husband supported me in whatever whatever treatment I wanted to do, like if um, they originally put me on Plaquenil, which is one of the lupus drugs. And it was one of those things where this may work for you. This may not work for you. You know, we don't know. And you're going to go on it. And here are the side effects. And for me as a holistic person, that kind of didn't work for me. Um, If it may or may not work in the side effects outweigh, like just for me, that's my own opinion. I didn't want to go that route. So we monitored me and I went researching with a lot of holistic things with the approval of my doctor. You know, can I take this? Can I try this? Can I do this? And all approved by him through every single step of the way. And I was working out. I actually ran some half marathons. I did a bunch of extreme sports. I did um, mud runs and all those crazy Spartan races. And by the end I was finished and I was literally dead to the world, but I took all my energy for that day and did like those things. And I went on through the years this way, just pushing through the day and taking care of my kids. And I wound up having a son and I had a daughter and I did everything. And 
I would monitor my time. Like for me, which is why I'm an accountability like coach now with the health and life, I really am more about accountability because I feel like you have to prepare. And I would prepare, like if on Monday my son had lacrosse and my daughter had ballet and I had to go to the bank, I would figure out where in there was the time that I was going to either prepare dinner on Sunday or maybe that night we were ordering in. I was always making sure that everything was getting done and I had it all set, like on a calendar, what my life was like. And then, unfortunately... Three years ago, I had a flare like nobody should ever have. It was horrible. I had them throughout the years where, you know, anyone who has an autoimmune disease will understand that there are days where you can't walk up the stairs. You can't brush your teeth. Your hair, your hair hurts. Like it's brutal, but this was one of those horrible ones. And we had moved. My son was going to high school in Canada. My daughter was changing schools. My husband got a new job and it was like everything on me. And I was trying to hold it all together. I started to research diet and lupus and autoimmune protocol diet came up and keto diet came up. So I said, you know what? I'm going to try. I called my rheumatologist and he said, what do you think? I think I'm going to try you know, one of these things, it says that I'm going to remove all inflammatory foods and these studies seem great. Like, what do you think? And he said, well, we can go on prednisone. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm like, no, my face. No. <laughs> no. Um, I said, can we try this? Can we just try my way and see what happens? So he gave me a little window to try it. And within a few weeks, I felt phenomenal. All the inflammatory foods, I cut every single one of them out. To this day, I do not eat them. That was October of 2017. Wow. February of 2018, I went back to him for my routine blood work, and I had no inflammatory markers in my blood, and I was in remission. Wow. Now, we cannot confirm or deny that that is what did it, but it but. has been three years. I am still in remission. I feel amazing. And that started my life's purpose. I changed my entire career. I went to become a life and health coach. I became certified in keto to be a keto coach. I continued with yoga and I got my 500 hour certification. And really for me, it has become all about health and wellness and really showing people in the lupus community that you can have your life back and you just have to give it more than a week. And it might not be keto. I'm not saying that that's what it is, but you need something, a, pur- a purpose, like we said, right. even during COVID, it doesn't matter who or what you are. You need something positive to focus on no matter what your disease is, or you're never going to get through it. And a support system, whether it's your significant other, a family member, a friend, a support group, a coach. I don't care what it is, but everybody needs a person. You can't go through anything in life, happy, sad, bad. You need somebody. I mean, that's like really, really important for people to realize you can't do it alone. 
Right. No, no matter what it is. And to me, that's, that's my purpose. I love advocating. I love helping people. When people DM me messages asking me, you know, what are foods I can eat? I don't say, oh, that's X amount of dollars an hour. Why don't you give me a call? No. I send them whatever they need. <laughs> I will send it to That is karma. That is, that's just how we roll. And maybe it's because that's how it was for me. I had such great support and help. I want to help everybody the yeah. way it was yeah. for me. So, you know, I think it's important. That's, yeah. you know. But I have a question before you continue the story, because I want to make sure yeah. that I don't forget to ask this. Because uh, you you did something that I did when I was uh, diagnosed with cancer. Um, you got you got very excited in that part of the story. And people, sometimes people don't understand that when you have been suffering for a while and you don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And finally, somebody says, oh, this is what's happening. You're like. <sighs> no matter how horrible it is, you're like, yay. Right? <laughs> how, can you explain to folks how you felt to finally realize that you knew what was going on? Well, it's kind of like you're a prisoner in your own body. And you just, you really don't know what's going on. Like you get up in the morning and this hurts, that hurts, your heart hurts, your hair hurts. And you're sitting there going, this can't be something's wrong and you go to all these doctors and for lupus it can take up to six to ten years for a diagnosis there is not a specific test a diagnosis test for lupus so what happens is it's more of like a rule out so usually it's one of the last things and that's one of the things i try to advocate for is why when somebody comes in presenting with certain um, ailments and complaints. Why is this not something we go for, that we just immediately start to test for lupus? Like, I I don't know why, like, the way I found out, which is probably gonna make your listeners die when they hear what test actually gave my diagnosis. (laughs) So I'm sitting at the obstetrician with my mother, (laughs) recently pregnant, going over my blood work, and the doctor says, so, your syphilis test came back positive. And I went, what? <laughs> and mind you, like I just told you, my mother is from Cuba. And my mother is sitting next to me. And she says in her thickest Sophia Vergara accent, she says, Danielle, that is a venereal disease. <laughs> I will never forget it. <laughs> It's a false positive, though, because when somebody gets this during pregnancy, they then run another test. They then run, like, your anti-cardiolipid and something else. So she said, um, so it's a false positive. I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking to myself, maybe I might have wanted to lead with that. Like, <laughs> Just because my mother is here, you know, just, just saying. But that's like, literally, that's how I found out. So she said, you know, and it's lupus. And I kind of sat back and I went, you know, this makes so much sense. The problem was we, it was 21 years ago. 
And there wasn't a lot that for me to learn on the computer. And doctors 21 years ago, it wasn't something they were so well-versed in. And she said, I said, what does this do for my pregnancy? And she said, nothing, you're great. We're going to monitor you and all's going to be wonderful. All was not wonderful. Okay, so before you, do, before you go into yeah. that part of the story, let me just remind everybody you are watching uh, Put It Together Conversations podcast. And I am your host, Daniel Guys, and today's guest is Daniel Turkle, life and health coach, and we are talking about lupus pregnancy and uh, non-positive syphilis tests with your mother. <laughs> if you're if you're, right? if you're just joined us, please listen in. Remember, um, we are also being sponsored by uh, the Spice Lady. If you have not tried her spices, please follow the link that I'm going to put in the description. Uh, these spices are wonderful for your system. As, uh, I really credit them for giving me great hair, great looks, and uh, beautiful skin. So look for the link in the description to the Spice Ladies Spice Blends, and you will check us out. So, um, so not everything was great. What happened after uh, that? Not at all. I wound up. He was my son was due on September 11th believe it or not, but of 2000. So it was still a good day at that point. Um, I wound up having him three weeks early. I was induced having preeclampsia. So I don't know if people can tell from me sitting here, but um, I'm not a big girl. And I was over 230 pounds. I had gained the most obscene amount of weight and water. My body was just filling up. I was becoming fully toxic starting in my seventh month. And the doctors, my blood pressure was skyrocketing and they really weren't doing much about it. They were just, we're monitoring, we're monitoring. And then by luck, um, I hadn't felt the baby move in a few hours. And I went in as an emergency and I had a phenomenal phenomenal OB that day who I had never seen before. And she said, none of this is okay. You are being induced right now and right to the hospital. And I wound up hemorrhaging. It was a catastrophe, um, which I then found out I have a, a blood clotting disorder as well. I have something called antiphospholipid antibody syndrome. So found that out also during pregnancy. After the pregnancy, I wound up with a DVT in my leg, a blood clot right after the baby was born. So it really, a calamity of events, but, you know, again, the support, like my mom rushed to the house and watched the baby and my husband took me to the doctor and what's wrong. And it just like, I'm so blessed and so lucky to have that. Even friends and neighbors, you know, during COVID who would call me and say, you know, we just want to check in on you and make sure you're okay. We know you're scared. And, you know, it means everything. It really was like the world to me to have that and to have that. I, you know. Right. Before you continue, because I want to, I want to, because I was just, we were having this conversation in, in the, the pre-interview um, that I was telling Christian how important a support system is. And we, 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 we fall prey to the, oh, nobody wants to know. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to worry anybody. I don't, nobody, nobody cares about what happens to me. But the fact is that if, if, especially for, for advocates, we're always receiving all of this information and we think that all we are good at is receiving. 
And we forget that people on the other side want to be there for us in their own way. And maybe folks can't fix your problem. Maybe folks can't give you the elixir to fix everything that's going on. But how important was it for you to be able to, to know that people knew what was happening in your life? It was so important. And I hid it for a really, really long time. I didn't tell anybody. Um, so in 2015, my son was 14. And for Mother's Day, he gave me a charity. He started a charity called Latson for Lupus in honor of me and all my struggles. And I can't even tell you how many friends and family members were like, wait, you have lupus? I never told anybody. Oh. I didn't want anyone to know. I didn't want anyone to say, oh, she's sick. You know, you know, she's, you know, I just didn't want to be, I didn't want to be lupus, you know, like I didn't want a title on me. And I still don't want that. Like, I still don't feel that way. I don't like, I'm not lupus. You know, <laughs> it's not, I am Danielle. I have like, a name. But I happen to have lupus. <laughs> It's not all I am. I am a mother. I am a wife. I am a caregiver. You know, yoga instructor. Like, I, I am so much more than lupus. And I think I I fell into that trap for, like, a while. But I guess because, like you said, um, we are advocates and we are caregivers. So I feel like when somebody wants to help me, I take it because... I'm so giving and caring myself that, you know, sometimes, sometimes I deserve that. Sometimes, you know, I need to hear, you know, like I walked down my stairs this morning after having like the worst day ever yesterday. And I came down my stairs and my husband said, what are you doing up? And I said, well, you woke me up. Him and my son heard them both. And I came down and he was like sitting on the couch and he just goes like this. Give me a hug. Like, and he does. I curled up in my robe and like I snuggled and it's like, we all need that. Like, you just need that sometimes. Like, he was just like, didn't even come near me last night. He was like, this one is twisted in a knot. She's not. (laughs) But I came bouncing down the stairs this morning, like, it's like, I, I, I totally, okay. like, I understand where you're coming from. I, I've i been in the HIV community for so long that for most people, it's like, oh, he's the HIV advocate. He's the educator. <laughs> and I'm like, so at one point, I finally decided that it was my career. Like, I, I, I know I might be positive, but I'm going to make it a career so that every once in a while, I can leave it outside. Like, I don't have to be that like and like you like I do so many other things like I don't want to just be that um, but then there are days when I wake up I'm like I need I need what exactly. I, oh, I just need something right but if but if, if I have never if I'm not open with my diagnosis people don't know and then when you when you feel like you need somebody to hold you up they don't know what to do unless you know what I mean? Like, unless we really are open and go, yeah. hey, I, I, I suffer from anxiety and symptoms that, that weighs me down. Um, can you just, can you just drive the day for me? Can you just take it for me? Yeah. And then people understand what's going on. Absolutely. And then like, um, 
are, I'm an empath. Are you an empath? You're an empath too. Didn't we have this conversation? Okay. So the, that's one of the hardest parts about being an advocate is that when you are dealing with people who aren't in a great place and they're not handling things well, I can take that. I take that on sometimes and it can stay with me for a very very long time. Like I feel like I could take on the weight of the world. And then I get into my own head and into my own mind. And then I really have to sometimes turn my emotions and my head off when I'm dealing with certain clients and certain advocate situations that we might be in because otherwise, which I've done, I can just start crying right smack in the center of whatever is going on. Because the other person is crying. Like, if someone's telling me their story and they're emotional and they are crying, I'm right there with them. <laughs> it's yeah. horrible. It's, and then I'll go home and can't talk about it because I do follow all privacy laws. I do not repeat anything. So I'm holding it all inside. I'm ready to explode. Like, thank God for my essential oils and my meditations. and Because sometimes I really just have to sit do a little Reiki and bring myself like back. Cause that's like the, one of the hardest parts of advocacy. Yeah. You don't think? Yeah. Cause I, on very, very hectic days, I've, I've, and I tell my clients this, uh, in my spiritual coaching, it's, I, I rely on other people to guide me. Like I can't guide myself. I'm not, I'm not that good. Cause I, I as I'm, as I'm talking, okay, Daniel, breathe. Okay, I have an interview at noon. Okay, shh, breathe. I, did you read the bio for five o'clock? No, shh, breathe. <laughs> like, oh, breathe. So I, I have my favorite people that I go to on YouTube or uh, Pandora or wherever, Amazon, and I can plug into them and they, they guide me. Mm-hmm. But I found, a, I found a, a very nice 10 minute one on YouTube that it's 10 minutes. It's a complete chakra cleanse and it really I'll send it to you it really bounces you out and I love it because I for some reason I never make it through the 10 minutes like five minutes in I'm I'm out I'm so you have your chakras are balanced yeah it's like <laughs> I, I, I start hearing it and it's like he's getting into like the sacred chakra and I'm like I'm out but I, I but I need that voice and the guy's British so he sounds amazing and so I need that to balance me out but then I'm ready to go again and I'm yeah but but I it took a long time for me to give myself permission mm-hmm. to take those ten minutes for myself. Yes, you know, it's okay, Garza. Like it's okay to take ten minutes. You can get up, throw some water on your face, brush your teeth, and you're ready for the next activity. But but ten minutes in the grander scheme of the day, you're gonna be okay. Absolutely. Plus, plus now in in LA, I don't have to drive everywhere because everything's online. So I'm saving like four hours of driving and traffic. Yeah. Compromise. Do do you compromise with yourself? I do. I do. I'll be like, okay, if I'm going to do this, then I have to take time to like not do this. And it's like, and then I have to try to figure out. And then all I want is my little yoga time and I will threaten everybody in my house. I'm like, okay, I'm going to yoga. Mom's going to yoga now. So if you guys need anything, speak now. Like I feel like I'm in church. Speak now or forever hold your peace. Like, <laughs> so um, it, it sounds like you've you've been very in tune with 
you. Like, I, like, yes, I am super. So I'm a Leo, and I think that has so much to do. <laughs> I'm super insanely authentic. I really, really am. I what you see is honestly what you get. Um, sometimes it comes flying out of my mouth, and it never has malintent ever. Um, and I and I would like to think that anybody who knows me knows that. And if they felt that it came out poorly, would come to me and know that I'm receptive to whatever they're going to say. But I do. I'm very aware of myself, my body, my mind, my heart. Like I am definitely aware of my person. I I I am. Which is so. And here's where I was going with that because in in being in tune with ourselves, and and I, I'm talking to anybody out there who's going through any. Any type of diagnosis, any issues, even right now, if you're just going through the isolation and the lockdowns, and do you give yourself permission to get mad? Yes. And how important is that for you to be able to like, oh, I'm pissed, and I... well, <laughs> as she pauses, I get pissed. I definitely get pissed. But so. As much as I get pissed or whatever, like I'll get like crazy or whatever. And then I'm over it, which is the funniest thing. Like I could be done with something. I do not hold on to it. So once it's like released and out there into the world, like I'm good. Like if I, someone upsets me or whatever, and as long as they apologize and say that they're, you know, good about it. And I feel that they really mean it. I really can move on. Like I'm, I could really put it to bed and be finished with it. And I will never ever bring it up again like I will never turn to somebody and say remember that time you know three years ago when I will never do that if I say it's over it's over it's over it's over I'm done I'm done a lot of folks a lot of folks will and I get this a lot and and some I, I, I get it often in comments or people will ask me it's like well you seem very in touch and very in tune and very spiritual you must not get mad. And I'm like, I'm Latino. Like, uh-huh. are you, like, are you kidding me? Like, that's, that's like one of my breakfast foods to get mad at something. But, but isn't it like the part of your personality? Like, I'm yelling and screaming and carrying on all the time. But I think nobody takes me seriously. Yeah, I, it's it, it's <laughs> part of my release, too. I yeah. feel like just because I'm, I'm, I have a positive attitude towards life, does yeah. not mean that some things don't irritate me or I don't have pet peeves. Right. And, and, I, and I say to people, I'm like, I have people that I love, I have people that I like, and I have people that I tolerate. And, and you'll know where you fall in the spectrum. You will know yeah. this. But that doesn't yeah. mean that I don't have a positive look towards life. Uh, listen, I have, there are people that I have completely cut out of my life. And that's also okay. If somebody is toxic to you, and your mental well-being, you should not have them in your life. Like, that is not okay. Like, you, that person should leave. If they only bring you bad thoughts, malintent, hurt your mind, hurt your heart, and it takes so much energy to even be in a room with them, you shouldn't. And you should always be good to yourself. I hate to say this, it sounds so selfish, but quite frankly, you come first. Like, I come first. My mental well-being, my health, you know, I come first. 
And if I'm not okay, then no one in my house is going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what's going to take place. If I, Danielle's not happy, nobody is happy. <laughs> and that is, um, as, as, as a spiritual coach, I, I have sometimes mothers who I work with, and I'm, I, I, it's hard to get that through their head. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you're not in a good place, the ripple effect of that is that your family is not going to be in a good place, especially if you are that, that glue, that nucleus in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and your kids see, because I saw it in my, in my mom, I learned through my mom that, that not being okay was okay. That it was okay to not think of yourself first. And I grew up with that idea that I had, that I had to hand over my energy to everybody around me for me to be okay. And, it's taking me a lot of time to realize that no, I I should be first on the list. Not that I'm selfish or I'm greedy. It's just I need to be, I need to put the mask on my on me first. It's the airplane idea. Put the mask Absolutely. on you. Does that make sense? Uh, absolutely, it does. It does. Uh, and listen, there. You know, of, of course, if it comes down to you know. God forbid, you know, there's a shooter in the room and, you know, it's between me and my daughter or my son, my husband, I'm going to step in front. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. Like, right, right. You know, it, it, that's not what I'm saying when I come first. Yeah, it's, and it's not for any person in my family before. Yeah, know? And it's not like, watch me eat and then I'll share my food. No, no, no. We, no, we all no, sit no, together. No, yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah. mentally, you have to as soon as mama is food. done, you can <laughs> eat. <laughs> Right. Exactly. And but like you get it, not get it. But a lot of people, you know, they they don't get it. They're like, no, I I I can't I can't go get my hair done. Why? Why if you're getting your hair done today is going to make you feel good? Go get your hair done. Pick up your kid fifteen minutes later. What is the big, what is the big deal? That very true. Yeah. So I want to remind everybody we are 45 minutes into the show. You are watching Put It Together Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Daniel G. Garza. Remember to watch us here uh, on Facebook Live every Saturday at noon and 5 with a different guest on every episode. And if you're missing them, you can catch them on YouTube at Daniel Garza, where you can find other shows and other stuff that's on the page. Go check that out. And then if you want to listen to this um, in your car while you're driving or while you're at work, you can catch this at all the regular audio uh, stations for podcasting. Uh, so go check this out. My guest today is the wonderful Danielle Turco. If you've been missing part of this donation, shame on you. We, we've been having so much fun. Uh, we do have a question for you. Yay, we have a question. Oh, yay, I love that. David Gonzalez wants to know, do you think it's harmful for individuals to hold on to emotions, or is this considered to be a positive trait, self-control? I think if it's hitting you up inside and causing you negativity, well, I think if something's bothering you, and these are people in your life that you can talk to and rectify the situation, I think you should. I don't, I don't think it's healthy to hold on to something that's bothering you or hurting you or inflicting pain within you. You know, that's, that's not okay. You should always be able to speak to people in your life that you trust and love and be able to say, you know, I have to be honest with you, something you did kind of upset me. And, you know, and if they, yeah. and if they don't understand, they're really not the people for you. Like, you know, who would want to hurt you? Why would somebody want to, you know, if you're told, if I'm told that I hurt somebody and I can't say I'm sorry, then you really shouldn't want me in your life. Like, you- 
Because I think there's self-control in... Well, self-control to not slap the person for hurting you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, don't, don't. That's self-control. But self-control in speaking your mind and your emotions, that's a very different thing. Like, don't haul off and, you know, (laughs) write a book somewhere. Yeah, yeah. There there is a lot of self-control in saying, I I, I believe, Danielle, this is bothering me. Mm-hmm. In order, in order for me to move forward in any relationship with you, I need right. to put this out there. And either we resolve it, we're both in a good place, or we, or we completely like you were talking about eliminate people from your That's life. Far ways because you don't even, and it's also showing self control the way you speak and talk to that person. Like you don't, you don't want to come at them in a combative way. Like you always want to come to somebody in a kind-hearted way and say, you know. You may not have meant it this way. You know, I just want to clarify what went on the other day. You know, this is how I felt after it happened. Maybe that wasn't your intention. Always give somebody the benefit of the doubt. This probably was not your intention, but I really want to let you know when you said or did X, Y, and Z, this is how I felt. And then when they, and sometimes people will say, well, I don't know why you felt that way. And the truth is, and I've explained this so many times when my children fight and I will say it's feelings. You can't tell somebody how to feel or how something was perceived. That is your internal clock, your internal self. You can't tell me, you can tell me how you meant it, but you can't tell me how I was supposed to perceive it and internalize it. That's my own thing. And that's where it gets screwy. And this is one of the reasons I despise texts because <laughs> that can usually be a nice little disaster. <laughs> like I, 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 okay, and you took it as okay. Like <laughs> I tell people, I am. I, I often tell people this is not a text conversation. Right. Call me. Call me if you need to. Zoom with me would be better because we can see each other. Yes. Uh, I'm like, but yeah, especially when, when people are, are trying to have a session with me over text. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, that's, yeah. you know, that's not going to work. It's not um, possible. Yeah. Because you can't get the infliction. Like, you can't get any of the tone, you know, when you're trying to text. Like, how many times does it happen when you're like, do you know what she just said back to me? And I'm like. I don't think it was meant like that. I have a teenager, <laughs> and I'm like, no, I don't think it was meant like that. Like, you know, <laughs> you, yeah. can't so, get you know, so self control starts from, I believe, and I think we're, we're both agreed on this. Self control starts from coming to terms with how you feel mm-hmm. in the situation, putting the facts in front of you and in front of the other person, right. and then finding a solution and the solution may not always be what you want and then but that's know that that journey is going to lead you to a conclusion and yeah. it's not it's not always what you want so be, be aware no. of that you should never dismiss it. somebody's feelings and you know people are going to feel the way they're going to feel you can just acknowledge them and say not my intention i'm sorry you felt that way here is how i really intended it i hope you know you can understand that we can move on from here and you know if they can't, I can't help you. <laughs> I got room for another friend. <laughs> Move on. Moving on. <laughs> applications for new friends now. Um, and I want to thank David Gonzalez for, for sending this question. Uh, David is a long 
time follower put it together podcast from way when I started in 2012. Thank you. Thank you, David, for still following me and supporting me in my journey. So I appreciate that. We're down to the last 10 minutes and I have a couple of quick questions. So yeah, uh, uh, the first one is um, you were talking earlier about sitting with your doctor and saying, Hey, I found these options that are not standard medicine stuff. How I don't want to say how important, but how, because a lot of people have issues. A lot of people are like, either you're Eastern or Western. They're logic or facts. Like, I mean, sorry, uh, spiritual or facts. Like, we can't marry science. Science and Reiki, what are you talking about? How difficult or easy was it for you to merge both sides and then will really convince your doctors that it was a good path for you? So... I went through a bunch of doctors until I found one that resonated with me that I liked um, and had probably one of the worst bedside manners in the entire world. But he was so, he's so brilliant and he's so wonderful. And I guess I kind of won him over. Like I would just sit there and say whatever I said. And he came to just know my personality and who I am. And I was like, well, I'm going to do it anyway, even if you say that I can't, because I haven't found anything that would be contraindicating as to why I can't do it. You know, and I would say, like, until you give me something as to why I can't, I'm just going to do it. So, like, through the years, like, we got to a point where he would say, you know, try it. What's the worst thing that happens? You know, what's going to happen? Nothing. I mean, I did do something stupid a few years ago. Um... I had found something that I thought was going to be great, and it was just a dietary supplement, which we all know are not FDA. Um, they're not approved or followed right. by the FDA. So, you know, th- that becomes a little bit quirky. And in my own, it was my own stupidity, honestly, because I always tell my clients, please make sure you reach out to your doctor. Please make sure that you spoke to somebody, even if it's a supplement, you know, it's not regulated by the FDA. You really have to make sure. And I took something that for a while and I found out it is huge contraindicated for people with lupus and I could have caused myself kidney failure. Wow. And I only found it on a random um, DM from somebody else who said to me, how is it that you're taking this when you have lupus? Because my rheumatologist told me absolutely not. And I started to do some research and I was like, oh my goodness, like what I could have done. So that's like what probably another piece of advice that I have, please, (laughs) even if it's, you know, like a vitamin, a supplement, like it really could be contraindicated for something with your disease. Like really make sure even like a vitamin C, like you don't know, I mean, even zinc, People who take too much zinc can cause like a neuropathy. Like there have been major things with zinc and especially with COVID going on, people were really taking a lot of zinc and there is a max on that. That is not something that your body excretes naturally if you have too much. Yeah. So pay attention, folks. Don't uh, always ask. That one's really important. You do not, it's not like vitamin C. You do not urinate that out. Like you, that, please, that's probably one of my biggest things. Like watch the zinc. So uh, we're going to go a little bit over. Are you okay with with time for a little bit? 
The conversation is too good to end it now, folks. So stay, stay, stick a lot, stick around. Um, because usually at the 45 minute mark is when I ask my guests to share some words of wisdom with our watchers and listeners. So, uh, Danielle Turco, what are your words of wisdom? My, my words of wisdom are just always be authentic and true to yourself. If you feel something is wrong with your body, listen to it. Always listen to your body because you're always, you're usually right. If you feel something's not right, it's probably not right. And at some point you will get the answer that you are looking for. It might take some time, but you know, and don't always listen to Google because Google <laughs> will usually tell you that you're dying tomorrow. So <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to name the website, but there's a website that everything ends in cancer. Everything, and you're dying. <laughs> everything ends in cancer. And, I, and Christian used to read it, go, go there for all his, and I'm like, honey, you, no. And then oddly enough, I'm the one that ended up with cancer. <laughs> oh, right. You know, like, stop reading that. You gave me cancer by reading that page. Exactly. Like, and then, like, you know, never be afraid to, like, ask for that help. Just ask. And what's the word? And so my community is full of doom and gloom. They really are. The Lucas community. There's, there's a few of us that are always out there persevering and trying to help others. And But the majority of our community is really down on themselves and not wanting, and I can't get out of bed. And as a influencer um, on Instagram, I have gotten a lot of hate mail, like a ton. Yeah. Um, I have been told that I am phony, fake. I don't really have lupus. I don't understand what people are going through. Don't tell me a diet's going to heal me, blah, blah, blah. And the truth is, and it hurts. And the truth is, I didn't tell you anything. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't tell you to do anything. Like, I don't know what you're pissed about. Like, you know, if you're following me, that's, you know. That's you. That's you. Like, and, and I'm here telling you, you can try this. And if it works for you, great. And if it doesn't, move on to something else. Like, you know, don't yeah. don't yell at me. Yeah. So, you know, you have to have, like, tough skin when you're an advocate. You, you yeah. never know what's coming your way. <laughs> I, I, I think my I think my toughest one, just to throw this out there for people that's watching, I think my toughest one um, was people telling me that I, I had no clue what suffering was like. Right. And, and I was like, and then, you know, but you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna be like between us. Um, I had to sit back and think about it. I'm like, you know what? I, I I maybe I don't know what suffering is like because I found a way to make. The, the sad or the tragic or the rough moments work for me. I, I, I looked every situation in my life and go, and I, I've said this in other shows, when I, when I came out at 17, I was like, okay, God knows, my parents know, like, let the world know. Like, I'm not going to be ashamed of being gay when I was diagnosed with AIDS. Same thing. Like, and 20 years later, it's, it's not only my health condition, but it's, it's career. I, I've made a career mm-hmm. being HIV positive. Um, you know, cancer. I talk. I, I make butt jokes on on stand up. I mean, so it, it, I I I tell you, well, maybe I don't know what it is to suffer your way because I I took charge of my situation. Mm-hmm. Like when when anxiety and depression was diagnosed, like okay, so now I know that I'm anxious. How do I make that work for me? Right. I, I can't just poop it away. Like it's not just gonna go away one morning. Like oh. 
I'm not anxious anymore. Right. It's, it's here. How do I function? Does that make sense to you? Yeah, the, the biggest thing you just said in that entire conversation that resonates with me the most is you said, I don't know what your suffering is. Like that person doesn't know what your suffering is. They don't know what was the thing that hit Cause all of us that are advocates at some point, we did hit a rock bottom. We hit a major rock bottom that we decided, which is why like, I love the Lotus flower. Like I wear a, a diamond Lotus. Like I, I feel like us advocates, we came out from the muck like the lotus flower. And we were under the ground, in the mud, fighting our way to the top. And then a beautiful flower emerges that is so sturdy with great roots. And to me, that's what advocates are. Like where we fought, we we fought to get there. And if we can do it, anybody can do it. It just like anybody can do it. You just have to want it, need it. Like and if you see it, just do it. Do it. My biggest piece of advice for anybody watching and hearing us both talk is do it at your speed. Do it at your level. Do not compare your journey to anybody else with the same diagnosis because you don't know what uh, what, what side effects we have. Or I mean, side effects, what secondary diagnoses we have. You don't know what we're going through. You don't know the support system that we have or don't have. So don't compare yourself because you will always end up losing because you're you're not living your authentic life. You're living you're trying to live somebody else's. So don't measure, don't try to measure up. You're you're great the way you are. Do it at your speed. You're and, on your own journey. It's your journey. It's not anybody else's journey. It's yours. Yeah. And you know, you have to do it at your own pace, your own time. Exactly. And it's not the same for everybody else. Maybe, you know. Somebody sees your journey and wants to try to follow the same, but then they hit a pothole and it's like, well, I might have to veer off to the left a little bit because that part didn't quite work for me. All right. So sit back, reevaluate, take some time, you know, throw all the things around. That's what I do with my clients. I'm like, okay, so that didn't work. What do you think might work? And we go from there and I will never tell anybody what to do. I sit there and say, what do you think? What should you try next, you know, this week that might change the course, you know, of your journey? And, you know, we go with that because it, yeah. it is it's different for everybody. Yeah. Insanity is doing the same thing. Over and over again, expecting a different outcome. <laughs> just, just throwing that out books for you guys. Okay. Um, for those of you watching, we are hitting the hour, but I'm going to keep Danielle on for just a little bit more. Because uh, the conversation was just too good, I could have had a suspicion when you were coming on. I'm like, we're gonna go, we're gonna go over the hour. But for those of you watching, this is Put It Together Conversations podcast. I am your host, Danny Garza, and my guest today is the wonderful Danielle Turco. We are talking about life coaching, uh, health coaching, uh, life. Uh, one of my last questions that I have for you is. Um, during this whole journey, we we all learn something about ourselves as we're learning and struggling and getting diagnosis. What is the biggest lesson or the biggest thing you've learned about yourself? Probably the biggest thing I've learned about myself is that I needed my family. As much as I wanted to do it all on my own and hide it and go to doctor's appointments by myself and don't help me and I can get up the stairs myself and I, I, I couldn't always do that. 
<laughs> I laugh because it sounds familiar. I couldn't always do that. And I didn't ever want anybody to see me or perceive me as weak. Like, I want to be that strong, tough Queens girl, and I'm going to do it on my own. I'm 718, and that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> exactly. But I think it made me stronger asking for help, like, and showing my vulnerability a little bit made yeah. me a little bit more human. And, you know, my family also stopped taking advantage. Like, you know, there were days that I was like, I'm tired. I'm like, I just can't today. And it made them a little bit more like, oh, maybe we should go pick up dinner for mom today. And, you know, yeah. so I think that honesty with myself and showing a little bit of vulnerability was a good thing. And, you know, and there's something really important that you said there is because it, sometimes the people that are our, our support system, they want to be more than the support system. They want to. They want to do something, and they they're not a doctor, they're not a health specialist. All they can do is just be there. And and sometimes by asking them to do those little extra things, it makes them part of the of the process. It it allows them to be part of the process. And now they're invested in you, just like you are invested in them. And this is assuming that you are part of their lives as much as they're a part of your lives. But it gives people around you that level of like shit, I'm doing something. Like, I'm doing something to make you feel better. Like, I have a friend uh, who's going through some really hard times, and he's all the way in Canada, and, and there's nothing I can do physically to make him feel better. But every time he, he messages me, I end up the conversation with some tacky comment or some crude remark. There, it's not something I would write just to anybody. But <laughs> it's always something crude and nasty and and because and, I know it makes him laugh. I mean, he, he's a straight dude, and here I am making these very nasty gay innuendos, but I know it cracks him up. So I told him, I'm like, I know there's something physically I can do to make you feel better, but let me at least try to make you laugh and see if that helps. And and I know that, I know now that when he messages me is because he needs that little bit of ha-ha moment. And, yeah. And that's that's my participation. It makes... And yes, we all need to feel better that we're helping somehow. So even people, um, do you have a, a pep talk for yourself when you're feeling down or mad or upset? No. No. I do not. No. If I'm feeling down or upset, I will usually try to take a yoga class or do like a yoga class, or I'll just go into my room and um, perform breaking on myself. Like I'll do like some self and just kind of like calm myself down that's it or you know you know what really makes me happy my puppy Aww. I do he does he just makes me smile like if I like he's really like an emotional support thing like if I just hug that little furball I'm so happy it's the craziest thing but I don't I've never like really spoken or like pep talk I mean I speak to God on a daily basis you know and help me today, you know, I don't know, maybe that's my pep talk, but it's not to myself. It's more just, you know, yeah. and very spiritual. So I will definitely do that. Um, well, you know, that and the way that I was taught, and especially when we're working with chakras, getting to the crown chakra, it's about making that divine connection within yourself. Mm -hmm. and within myself is where I find God, the universe, and then the moon, which I, I'm a big follower of the moon 
cycles. Um, and when I, when I pray, when I meditate, when I petition, it's me talking to God who is within me. So therefore I'm talking to myself and saying, this is where I stand today. So there, there is a, from, from the teachers that I come from, there is a connection to where we pray. We're really talking to ourselves and saying, uh, or when we're, we're in a manifesting, like I stand, I stand, like for, I've shared this in other shows. For me, my manifestations are, I stand in love, health, abundance, money, and happiness. I'm standing there. Hmm. I'm not wanted, not I'm looking for it. That one day, I'm already standing there. So it, it starts to feel comfortable. And, I, and whenever I, whenever I feel like, oh, uh, <laughs> it's, it's that God, universe, and the moon. Right. <sighs> And standing there, and then, mm-hmm. that's, that's my own. Or, or usually it's like, Garza, you need a taco. Yes. Oh, I love it. That's so funny. I do have like a, a mantra. Like, um, have you ever heard the mantra by Ram Das? I am everlasting. I am ever loving kind. I am ever loving kindness. Oh, no. Cool. So I he just repeats it over and over. I am ever loving kindness and it's just such a great mantra and I will like use that sometimes and just kind of sit there and I'm like you know that's awesome <laughs> hey but you, again I, and I, I think one of the things we're almost at the end of the show but one of the things that I admire about you is, is uh, you're one of the few people that well first of all I admire all your epics work you're you're kicking butt mm-hmm. um, and then to find somebody that is in that space where I am where it's like I, I trust my doctors. I love my doctor. He's so fucking hilarious and obnoxious too, because he annoys me sometimes. But he, he pushes my buttons. But he also believes in my Reiki and my spirituality and my work. And and we have sat there and said, okay, let's let's find a middle ground for you. That mm-hmm. and, and and that's one thing. Like one thing that I've learned through this conversation is that you are in that spot too. Like I can look in this in that room and be like, oh, there's Danielle. Like we're Somebody understands me. And I'm sure there's more of you out there that do the same thing. So please, if you want to be on the show or you have your own particular story, get in touch with us here. Um, before we go, any last words, any last comments for the audience watching? Oh, and where can they find you? Oh, so you can find me. I am the most prominent on Instagram, actually. That's where I tend to do most of my stuff. And my name on there is Keto Loopy. So K-E-T-O-L-U-P-I-E. I do have a page on Facebook. I'm not so like good with Facebook just because um I don't know. I find it a little negative, so I don't love to go on there. <laughs> and we all have our own a lot of fighting media. on Facebook. So <laughs> I don't love to go on there too much. Um so I do love Instagram and I have a blog, uh ketoloopy.com. Um but really I'm I'm all over Instagram. I'm on it. Every day I talk, I go throughout my day, I take pictures, I put motivational posts and recipes, and there's always something on there for everybody. And I actually just was part of a 12 days of keto mass, so we're still doing it, um, a giveaway. Me and 12 other influencers, 12 other influencers got together and every day, um, gave something away. People had to enter like on our pages and. Nice. Gave something away every single day just to make somebody smile and make somebody's day. And that's basically what I'm about. I just, I want to see everybody smile and be happy and 
just enjoy life and anybody can reach out to me whenever they want and I will answer and <laughs> and I will do it from my heart I promise it, yeah. well because I'm a foodie and you send recipes what is your favorite go-to snack <gasps> oh my god so I eat ice cream every single night <laughs> Every that was that, that was like so far from what I thought you were gonna say. Every single night I eat ice cream. Um, I found these new, they're called cranberry joy bars. I found this woman on Instagram who makes them and she ships them, and it's like white chocolate, cranberry, uh, cakey. They're insane. I don't know. I I recently messaged her and asked her if there was crack in them because <laughs> They're that amazing. They're cracking here. Like, what is in here that these are so good? I love like sweet. I eat chocolate like every every single day. I actually ate my advent calendar, I think at eight o'clock yesterday morning, because I was so pissed about my broken refrigerator that I immediately ate my advent calendar. Like (laughs) David's David's agreeing with you with the ice cream. Uh, I'm lactose, but I do I do like that some companies have come up with their uh, uh, pecan, caramel pecan oh. ice cream with an, an, with an almond ice cream. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. But uh, Yum. But, like, I do. I, I, like, love junk food. I love nachos and, yeah. Ooh. I know. I love you. I just, <laughs> that's it. We're, we're, we're... Like, I've taken Quest chips, crumpled them up, and put my, like, chicken cutlets in like the egg and then roll them in like chips. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've got to, we're going to do, folks, this is, we're going to do an all cook show and, and just bring in some of my favorite guests and, and yeah. have, them, have them share their favorite recipes for you guys. Cause a lot, we I have a lot of foodie friends, so we're going to have to do that. Like uh, You have to indulge or it's like, you know, you can't deprive yourself all the time. Danielle, it has been a pleasure to have you on the show. You were so awesome. Please come back. I love it. Please come back and join us again, I hope. Of course. Uh, Remember, guys, for everybody watching, we are going to put all the information on the Put It Together podcast page. So make sure you check that out on Facebook, and uh, we'll post the links to everywhere you can find them. Um, They will also be on the YouTube page. So if you're watching this on YouTube and you're wondering how to get in touch with Danielle, if you have any questions on lupus, um, her favorite ice cream, or how she deals with life and, and mother and diagnosis, please get in touch with her. Uh, I'm sure she'll appreciate that. Uh, I want to thank my director, Christian Paul Ramirez, my producer, Mr. Kevin Myers, uh, and Mr. Jose Reyes. This is also uh, brought to you by RPM Talent Agency, uh, Hubris Management, and Abnormal Entertainment, along with Little Mexican Productions. Remember, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, TikTok. Clapper. Uh, I think that's all. I'm, just, I'm starting to delete some of them because some of them are just not people who are watching anything. So, But I think you can find us on all the major ones. Contact me. If you have a put it together story and you want to share it with my audience, just send me a message. I'm at Daniel G. Garza at LittleMexicanProductions.com. And it will be here in the comments. So just send us an email. Let us know that you want to be on the show or you want to nominate somebody to be on the show and I'll get in touch with them to come on. Uh, remember, we uh, here at Little Mexican Productions, every Wednesday you can find us at 7.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with the Christian and Daniel Show, on Fridays at 6 p.m. with the Card Devo, and on Saturdays with two shows with Put It Together 
uh, Conversations podcast, one at noon and one at five with different guests on every episode. So you can catch it. If you miss any of this, go find us on YouTube. You can check all the videos. Make sure you go and subscribe. Follow us everywhere. Subscribe. We need more subscribers on YouTube. I, I, am I begging? Yes, I'm begging. Go find us and subscribe to us. Um, any last words before we go, before we go Danielle? No, that was great. I just hope everyone stays nice and safe and healthy. Have a great holiday season. Awesome. Christian, I hope you're feeling better. <laughs> Danielle, don't go away. Let me just say goodbye to everybody. Everybody, yeah. for uh, Little Metro Productions, I'm Daniel G. Garza. And uh, put it together. Subscribe to Put It Together on iTunes, Stitcher, and at abnormalentertainment.com slash put it together. Find Put It Together on Facebook and tweet Daniel at Lil Mexican, L-I-L-M-E-S-I-C-A-N. And for more podcasts, comics, books, movies, and more, head to abnormalentertainment.com. You've been listening to the Abnormal Entertainment Network.